It is 7.05 on the Employment Hour. Your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lines are wide open waiting for you. You have concerns when it comes to losing your job. Maybe you've lost your job. You've got a severance package in front of you. Don't know whether it's accurate. Not sure if everything's okay. Your employer's uh, been a complete stiff. We can deal with you tonight. That is the reason why Lior is here to answer all of your questions, which we will get to on the phone line. So give us a call as soon as you can. We always start off, though, with the week that was. Hey, pal. Thanks. Yeah, Johnny. Appreciate it. And happy to be back here on uh, Wednesday night to talk about employment law, workplace rights, and everything and anything to do with uh, your job. Uh, it's, it's really important. You know, we all work. We all have jobs. And we need to know what our rights are. So many people don't know what their rights are or, or believe certain things that are wrong. So this is the time. This is the hour, 7 to 8. Give us a call if you want to know if your employer can do something, if you were treated properly, if you got everything you wrote. We're here to answer those questions. And to get us all warmed up and, and in the mood to talk about these things, let me start off with two situations that I saw over the past week or so. The first one involved a uh, an individual that uh, was had a long career at a company. Everything was uh, going well for him. But for, for personal reasons, he had some, some family uh, and, and other personal reasons, he started suffering from anxiety and, and, and depression, and it got bad, and he was under doctor care. And it got to the point that he couldn't work anymore. And what he did, of course, is he got a letter from his doctor saying he can't work. This individual needs to be time uh, needs time off work. And he actually told his employer, you know, the reason for it. He told them that that he's suffering from uh, depression because of some things going back uh, at home. Well, this employer had a very difficult time believing that you can be off work for something that's not physical. That you could be off work because you know you don't you don't have a broken arm or a bad back or a bad knee. That it's it's more right. of a a mental issue. So they asked a lot of questions. They asked for more medical documentation, which there really weren't any. And eventually they said, "We don't believe you. We don't think you should be off work." And as a result of that, if you don't come back to work, we're considering you as abandoning your job, and we're going to terminate the relationship with you. And that's what they did. And that's when he called me. And he, and he was really worried. He wanted to know, can I, in fact, be off work if I'm not suffering from a right. physical condition? It's more of a mental one, or are they right? Well, of course, this employer was wrong. You absolutely can be off for non-physical conditions. All you need is a doctor that says you cannot work for medical reasons. What those medical reasons are are completely irrelevant. In this case, he actually told them what the reasons were, even though he wasn't required. And this employer then, not only did they let this person go, so that's a wrongful dismissal, they let him go when he had a serious medical condition. So that's also a human rights issue. So that is wrong. That is illegal on several levels. And I'm going to be working with this person over the next days and weeks to get this matter resolved. And it will resolve. He had a long career with this company, over 20 years. So he could potentially be looking at two years' pay plus human rights damages. The lesson, of course, John, very clear. If, you're lo- if your employer won't allow you time off work despite your doctor telling the employer that you need time off work for medical reasons, that is wrong. You have a right to have that time off work irrespective of how long that is and irrespective of what the medical condition is. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to another one of your uh, cases here, uh, but we always go to the phone straight away. Bill, how are you? Good evening. It's, it's actually Steve. How are you? Oh, hey, Steve. What's going on? What's, uh, what's your concern? Leo's there. As an employer, my question has to be um, looking at the, the Government of Canada's website. So I have an employee that I need to terminate. They've been with me for nine months. Um, it, it states on there that I only need to pay them a couple weeks of severance, if anything at all. 
based on the calls that I've listened to you guys do over the last little while, it sounds like I got to pay this person nine weeks or 15 weeks of severance. So can you explain to me the difference between what it's legal, what I'm legally entitled to and why you're saying I'm legally entitled to something different, quite different, than what the government is actually saying on their sites and when I call into the, uh, the employment center for the government? Excellent. Absolutely, Steve. This is an excellent question, and I'm really glad you asked that because I promise you there's a lot of people, employers and employees out there, they're going to have the same question. So let, let me answer it. When you go on the Ministry of Labor website, when you call the Ministry of Labor, all you can find out is with respect to a person's minimum entitlements, what their minimum entitlements are. Now, a person's minimum entitlements are only a portion, a small portion of what their full entitlements are. Minimum entitlements are dictated by statute. Full entitlements are dictated by common law, which is the body of law that courts have created over the last 150 years. So because of that, when you see... I owe, some, I owe someone two weeks' pay. That is their minimum entitlements. Their full entitlements are based on their age, their position, and the length of their employment, and they're always going to be more than that. So, yeah, it's quite possible that after nine months, depending on the person's age and what job they're doing, you may owe them a few months' pay. You could potentially owe them two, three, four months' pay. Uh, absolutely you could even though their minimum entitlements are two weeks. That's why we always say don't call the Ministry of Labor, only because they're they're not purposely, but they're going to mislead you. They're going to tell you two weeks, not really, in fact, telling you that that is only a small fraction of what a person's owed. So unless, uh, Steve, you, you have this individual sign an employment agreement that limits their termination entitlements, you're going to owe them more than two weeks. And we should talk about that, and I can, I can give you an assessment if you'd like, but, but that's the answer to the question. Does, does that make sense? I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Steve, good Thanks, call. Steve. We'll, uh, we'll get to one more here, I guess, before we break. Uh, indeed, Sarah, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Lior's, uh, Lior's well, I'm sure. You have a question for Lior? Go ahead. Uh, yes, actually. Um, this is in regards to uh, how this would apply, let's say, if the company is a federal company instead of provincial. So you're talking as it relates to severance? Uh, yes, in regards to severance. So I, I've listened to your show. I know how it goes in regards to, you know, um, for example, here in Ontario, uh, by age and how long you've worked mm-hmm. for the company, et cetera. But yes. does that apply, same laws apply, even though the company could be um, operating under federal? Absolutely. The exact same principles apply your, your entitlements would be based on your age, position, and the length of your employment. Even if you work for a federally regulated company, even if you work for a company out of province, the only place it wouldn't apply is for companies regulated under Quebec law. Even then, it's similar, but not the same. Otherwise, completely the same. Now, for a federally regulated company, your minimum entitlements may be different. But forget about that. That's a small fraction of your entitlements. Your full entitlements are exactly the same and calculated in the same way, whether you're working for a provincial company, federal company, small company, large company, they're going to be exactly the same. Oh, okay, Okay. great. So I can just go on to um, the severance calculator and figure everything out from there then. Smart girl. That's exactly where you want to go. You know it. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Appreciate the call, Sarah. For everyone else, your phone calls. uh, we got lines open, 416-870-6400-640 on your cell. Employment Hour just getting revved up here on a Wednesday evening on Talk Radio AM 640. 716 Employment Hour, yeah, 416-870-6400-640 on cell. And taking your calls uh, right until 8 o'clock, we got some open lines, so you uh, 
want to lay them on us. Had a couple of good calls off the top. Those are informative people who have uh, decided to call in and got some answers. Uh, you had another case for the week that was. Why don't we cover that before we uh, get any deeper? Yeah, John. You know, one of the things I've, I've always said on, on the show, which is, is still true, of course, is that if you once you sign off on that severance offer, mm-hmm. it, it's too late to do anything about it. And that's why I so encourage people. I've been doing this now for three and a half years here uh, on the radio, telling people do not sign, do not sign until you get some advice. And and you know, that said, there are certain exceptions to that rule. Sometimes, in, in rare cases, you actually can get out of a severance agreement that you sign. And this matter that I'll tell you about involved that situation. Uh, the, the gentleman that called me did sign off on the severance offer, but what mm-hmm. happened with him is shortly before he was let go, he had earned a bonus, a large bonus, about $15,000. In fact, was told specifically, you earned it, good job, we're going to pay this to you on, on, on a certain date. He was very happy. Except in the meantime, something came up and he was let go, and the employer made it very clear, they put that right in writing in the termination letter, that if you don't sign off on the severance offer that we gave you, we're not going to give you that $15,000 bonus that we told you you've already earned. Right. Uh, you know, feeling the pressure, as a lot of people do when they lose their job, he signed off on it. And you know, listened to our show, actually, and realized in doing so that the offer that he accepted actually w- was really bad. It was less than half of what he was owed. Huh. And that's when he called me. And my first instinct was to tell him, I don't think I can help you. You're kind of uh, out of luck here because of what you've accepted. But then when I understood this thing with the bonus, I came to a different conclusion, and here's why. If an employer is threatening to do essentially something that's illegal, in this case, withholding amounts that you've already earned, that's illegal. That's duress. For you to be able to get around an agreement because of duress, your employer would have to threaten you with something illegal. In this case, they did. They went overboard. And because of that illegal threat, he signed under that pressure. He was able to get around that. And, uh, and because of that, we, this past week, we were able to resolve his matter despite the fact that he signed off on a severance letter. And, and I was very pleased for this guy. And obviously, he was happy as well. So in some cases, you are able to get around this termination letter that you may have signed. Still, the best advice I can ever give anyone is do not sign. Do not sign anything until we've had a chance to speak. Well, smart uh, smart move on his part, calling you for sure, because you can see the uh, the obvious result, right? 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Ed, good evening. How are you? I'm better than I deserve, I reckon. <laughs> All right. What do you got? You got something for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, I got a question on, like, absenteeism. So I work for a company there that you know, if you miss two hours of a shift, you get, like, a quarter of a point for absence. If you miss half your shift, it's half a point. If you miss a day, you get one point. Um, at what point there, or how can um, I keep my job if I'm missing time because, you know, my kids are sick or something, I'm a single dad, and my son has a heart condition, so I've been back and forth to Toronto for the last few months. Um, is there anything that they can do if they let me go for attendance? Do I have an option for severance because of the attendance? Good questions, Ed. Now, my first uh, thing I want to ask you is, are you part of a union? No. Okay. So if you're not part of a union it's going to be very difficult to let you go for cause because of absences. They really would have to show that you just don't care, that you don't care about your job and, and that you, you, you're being very uh, uh, you know, irresponsible. If you're actually having to deal with legitimate issues, first thing I would do is I would let them know. And in fact, if, if, if your, your son has a medical issue that requires you to sometimes leave town, which may mean you have to miss work or maybe be late into work, have the, your son's doctor write a, a note or a letter to that effect 
telling them that as a, as a parent, you have those responsibilities that sometimes may require you to attend at a hospital, etc. Let them know. Make sure they know that if you're missing work, it's not because you're, you're, you're not a good guy or you're not a good employee. It's because you're dealing with these other serious issues. If you do that, it's going to be almost impossible for them to terminate your employment for cause. And even if they terminate your employment without cause, well, number one, you, you get severance, but potentially there could be other issues here. There could be a breach of the Employment Standards Act. An employer is allowed to, or required to give you some time off to deal with medical or family uh, medical situations. So bottom line is it's not as simple as them saying, well, you've accumulated three points. Therefore, three points, you're out of here. No, not at all. It doesn't work that way. I mean, they can count points as much yeah. as they want, but the law decides ultimately whether they have cause to let you go or not. But get them those letters. Get them that information that I talked yeah, about. I've been taking go ahead. the letters when I get the um, things from the doctors for the appointments and stuff. And, I mean, they've yes. been trying to work with me and getting me some days off, but sometimes the appointments pop up or, you know, with his heart condition, if he's not feeling well in the morning, I can't send him to school. I have the AED at home. I have to stay home with him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't really have documentation for those days, so. Well, but, but what you should do is, is have something from the, his doctor saying that these things could happen so that they have the heads up in advance that, you know, these issues can happen. It's not unexpected. So rather than, you know, giving something after the fact, give him something before the fact. A doctor should be able to say that given your son's medical condition, and you don't even have to elaborate necessarily what the condition is, but given the fact that he has a medical condition, these issues may happen where he may have appointments at the last minute and the only one that could take him is you. If they do, uh, you know, as you said, stop working with you or if they threaten to let you go, certainly if they let you go, give me a call. Uh, But I think if you give them that pre-advanced letter from a doctor, you should be absolutely fine. Ed, good call. We appreciate it. We'll take a a short break. That number, uh, if you could write it down, is 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Phones are open. Give us a call. Leor, ready to... Answer your questions right up until 8 o'clock. It is 727 Wednesday evening. Reminder on Monday nights as well at 7 o'clock, right to late. Same hour as this during the week. Uh, phone lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell if you have concerns. Uh, give us a call. you got about a half hour to get in on the show here. Lots of room for you. Severance Pay Calculator. We talked about that earlier. If you've never checked it out, go online and do that while we uh, we chat here. going to talk about this. That's the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. I'll uh, highlight some of these, and you can expand uh, when employees ask about a disability leave or uh, comes back from disability leave. Yeah, that's right, John. And, you know, let's spend a few minutes talking about those. Some cases, situations where it's it's especially bad news or bad idea for an employer to terminate employment. Now, obviously, and if you ask an employee, they'll say that the worst time to lose their job is when they actually lost their job. And I understand that. But from a legal standpoint, there are instances and times where if the employer does terminate employment, they're, they're, they have additional liability, potential other exposure over and above the usual severance amounts that we're talking about. And as you said, the first one we'll mention is when an employee uh, wants to go on a medical leave of absence or disability or is on a disability leave of absence. And the reason why that's a problem is because the law makes it so that an employer has to allow an employee to go off on a disability leave. An employer cannot penalize someone for needing to go on one wanting to go on one or actually being on a a disability leave. You cannot penalize someone. You can't let them go because of it. You can't be nasty to them. You can't do any of those things. In fact, you have to keep their job for them and be ready to take them back down the road. 
So uh, with all those things, if an employer still says, we don't care, we're going to terminate employment in those situations, well, there's significant liability there. The employer would then have to establish and prove that they're not letting the person go because of the medical condition, that it's completely unrelated. Because if there's even a hint of it being connected to the disability leave, it becomes a human rights issue, and then the, the employer owes the employee a lot more. Mm-hmm. So my usual ad- advice for, for employers is if you want to let someone go that's on a medical leave of absence or someone that's about to go, you better be able to prove without any shadow of a doubt that the decision you're making has nothing to do with that termination, or better yet, don't terminate employment now. Uh, if you can avoid it at all, leave it for another day. Don't create that human rights exposure. And for an employee, of course, if you're let go because of that situation, remember, the law protects you. So there are remedies that are quite good that are available to you. If that happens, definitely, definitely give me a call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lines are open. You want to give us a call. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Lior, answer your questions tonight. Uh, talk about times when employers, the worst times to terminate employment. Oh, this is the big one right here. I'll throw it right out there. Uh, announcing a pregnancy or comes back from a mat leave. Not yeah, we cool. We were talking about this yeah, earlier, John. So, so what's Lior's rule of thumb? Don't mess with mamas. Yeah, you don't mess with mamas. <laughs> right? uh, you know, I'm going to create some bumper stickers maybe and then and, totally. and start hanging those out. You don't mess with, with, uh, with anyone wanting to take a mat leave, being on mat leave, parental leave. You just don't. You don't touch it. You don't go anywhere near it. Uh, so many times I see still, even though this should be obvious, John, employers letting someone go because they're on mat leave or while they're on mat leave. You cannot do that. The law requires you, I'm going to say madly, but the same thing applies to parental leave if it's the father, but I'm just going to say madly for short. Uh, if, if someone is on a maternity leave, a mad leave, you have to take them back. You have a strict legal, legal obligation under both our human rights legislation and the Employment Standards Act here in Ontario to take them back to the same position and the same role that they had at the end of the maternity leave. So if you don't do that, you're in a, a lot of trouble potentially. It could be a violation of two statutes, uh, and it's just bad, bad, bad news. Again, you would have to somehow show that the termination has absolutely nothing to do with the maternity leave. That may be very difficult to do. The timing may be just so bad. So I, I highly, highly recommend that if you can avoid letting someone go when they're on mad leave or when they just came back from the mad leave, you really should do that. Otherwise, it's a recipe for a human rights violation and additional damages, and the exposure for the employer can be quite significant. More of this conversation coming up. Worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Phone lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And make sure you check out severancepaycalculator.com. We'll take a quick break. I'll be back at it. Lots more of it, the employment hour. Hey, I got some phone lines open here. 734, Wednesday evening, the employment hour rolls on. Won't keep you waiting any longer. Got uh, Devin on the line. Hi, Devin. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Okay. What's uh, what's going on? Yeah, so I'm kind of, uh, never thought this would happen to me, but of course, that's usually when it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was injured uh, on the job site uh, last August. Uh, I'm a, a telecommunications technician. I ended up uh, getting uh, basically MRSA in my left knee, which just dissolved, you know, all the cartilage and everything, went through multiple uh, assessments from WSID. Uh, basically, they covered just health care, nothing to do with income. Uh, I did the return the work plan as best as I could. My work basically took me off, uh, you know, off the technician side of things and had me mopping floors and, you know, changing light bulbs. And uh, basically, yeah, it just wasn't working out so well. Then I got a letter uh, back at the end of August of this year saying that uh, WSB has now cancelled my claim, saying it was a pre-existing knee condition. But I have a letter from my doctor stating he's never treated me for a knee condition ever. 
And within two days, my work sent me a letter saying, have a nice life, uh, nice knowing you. Hmm. Wow. Did they give you a reason as to why they're letting you go? Uh, because of the WSIB, uh, they basically were, were waiting for WSIB to, to cut me loose. I also found out that they did three objections on my WSIB claim behind my back wow. as well. Wow. Now, did they offer you any severance? Absolutely not. They just simply said, your medical insurance as of right now is done. So WSIB canceled their coverage. So, And my, my I was paying monthly for my medical insurance through my work. That's canceled. So now I have my knee is wow. not the, yeah, and I have no way of getting it fixed. My doctor's like livid. And uh, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Like this is, yeah. Just, sure. Wow. Now, Devin, uh, you're not part of a union? No, I'm not. I was with okay. my employer for a year and, uh, well, I was hired back in May of uh, 2015. And I will be totally honest with you, my record is I was their golden child. I was like the best employee they ever had. <laughs> and Devin, how old are you? I'm 39. I just turned 39, September 3rd. And is it fair to say that you're still not at optimal health, that your knee's still bothering you? Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, my doctor, like I said, wrote letters stating uh, to uh, WSB that he's never treated me. Um, I've kind of had to go a- another route to kind of keep you know, my options open, and I went back to my college to see if I could finish my BA, right, telecommunications, right, which yeah. I'm doing. So my doctor wrote a letter basically stating that uh, he cannot climb a ladder, he cannot kneel down, he's, his knee, like it's, it's just mm-hmm. done. So, Devin, here's here's the thing. I mean, there's two things here at least. Number one, the, the, the simple one, is the fact that irrespective of what WSIB did and whether or not WSIB is right or wrong has absolutely nothing to do with the status, your status as an employee. If yeah. they let you go, of course you're owed severance. And in, in your situation, usually I would say you're probably owed right around three months' pay. In your case, given the fact that because of your bad knee, you, you can't just go in and find just any job. You can't replace your job as easily. As you said, you may actually have to go back to school and learn something new. You probably earn more. So more, more like five or six months compensation is what they owe you. That's number one. Number two is irrespective of whether this is a medical condition that you had previously, pre-existing condition or a new one, or if it's serious or not so serious, they clearly are letting you go because of it. So that's automatically a human rights issue. Yeah, so it's you, completely you, yeah. illegal. Yeah, I think you brought that up before. You know, I was just thinking of wrongful dismissal, but then I was doing some research listening you know, to the show in the past and stuff, and especially what you just said a few minutes ago. Like, I, I just feel honestly... Literally, like human, like just human to human, like you just can't do that to somebody. No, you like, can't I, do that. You're, you're right. Let's put the law aside. Even from a, yeah. a moral kind of humane standpoint, you can't, shouldn't do that. So, so the good news is there's recourse. There's a lot of recourse, and it actually shouldn't be difficult to resolve given how outrageous it is what they've done. Give yeah, me okay. a call, Devin. We need to speak off air in all Absolutely. seriousness. Yeah, Let's absolutely. get this resolved. I, I Everything's documented, and I look forward to us speaking. Thank you so much, sir. Looking forward to it, Devin. Thank you. Devin, that number, one 855 I'll squeeze in uh, Craig here before we take a short one. Hi, Craig. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. You got a question for Lior? Comment? Go ahead. Yes. I'm uh, an employer. I had an employee that went on short-term disability due to medical reasons, and that subsequently turned into a long-term disability with... Uh, our benefits provider for the company. And I'm just wondering what my rights are now about terminating employment of that and So now now that they're on, you, you, you're consider, considering letting them go. Why are you considering letting them go at this point? Is there a, a business reason? No, he's, uh, he's issued a, a doctor's letter that says he's not capable of uh, employment. At, at all. So it's, he's not going to be coming back. Is that fair? So you have two options here. If you know he's not coming back, you can, option one, do nothing. 
and hopefully, you know, maybe from your perspective, you just don't hear from them again, and, and that's it. The second option is to to treat this as what we call a frustration of contract and say, clearly, because you now can't come back to work, the employment agreement has ended on its own. It's frustration of contract. If you go that route, which you absolutely can, you would still owe this guy his minimum termination entitlements. How long has he been with you? Uh, about four years. So if he's been with you for four years, if you go the frustration of contract route, you'd owe him four weeks pay. So you'd have to pay that. Uh, probably not a bad idea to do that, but you can only do that if it's clear that he's not coming back to work, that, that a doctor is saying not, not that this guy can't work again, not for the next month or six months or whatever it is, that he's not coming back. If that's clear, yes, it's frustration of contract. You would owe him four weeks' pay. Uh, if it's not that clear, then you should either wait or ask for additional medical information to clarify what this guy's status actually is. And my, my, my really good advice here is that before you actually pull the trigger, because you don't want to get involved in a human rights matter, maybe give me a call off here. Let's talk specifically about this guy. Let me read the note you got from a doctor and let's, that I, I can let you know whether you're going to be getting in any trouble by letting the guy go. Okay. I will give you a call. Thanks, Craig, Craig. Uh, appreciate the call, my friend. That number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You want to call through the station here and talk to Leo in the next 20 minutes, uh, we'll take your calls as well. Eric, for instance, hang on the line, we'll get to you as well. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up. Busy night, we love it. Right here on Talk Radio AM 640. 745 Wednesday nights, uh, Mondays and Wednesday evenings here at 7 o'clock at AM 640. Of course, the weekend shows as well. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. Got some time still to call through and get a hold of Lior. You have questions, comments, bring them on. Uh, Eric, thanks for uh, hanging on the line. What's going on? Hey, no problem. First and foremost, I want to say to you guys uh, how much I appreciate that you're out there to help and help educate uh, employees out there to try to get them to understand their rights. Thanks, thanks Bill. Uh, my, my, my question is very simple. Um, there's a company I work for, and they have four buildings in total, spread up towards the GTA, and they're going to want to merge them all into one huge building. Um, now, my question is because, Leo, I remember you told uh, an employee of a similar story about this where they merge everybody together, and all of a sudden, about a month later, they have them sign a paper of a new employee contract of some kind or, like, you know, like whatever it is with new terms and conditions. And then all of a sudden, people who had 20 years of work in the old company or 15 years, they sign this paper, and two months later, they let go and they're just given two months severance instead of their full 20 or 15 years worth. And what my question is that um, if I receive a letter of any kind to sign, is it okay to have it emailed to you so you can look it over first? Well, you, you literally took the words out of my mouth. And what I was going to say is if, if you're asked to sign anything, have me take a look at it. And I can then okay. look at it and tell you, is there something here that's a problem or isn't there? But the reality right. is, Eric, if you're asked to sign an employment agreement kind of out of the blue or because of this, it's only because that employment agreement is a better deal for the company. Mm -hmm. They're not going to ask you to sign an employment agreement with terms that are better for you. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Right. So it, it's very likely, even without me seeing anything, that if an employment agreement is being presented, it's probably not good news. Right. But the best right. best advice, it's quite simple. You send that to me. You can email it to me. You can fax it to me, whatever you want. I can take a look at it. I know exactly what I'm looking for. So it's right. not going to even take me a very long time at all. And then we can talk about it and, and decide what this means, what it doesn't I, mean, I and rather, whether you should sign, and how to yeah, respond. 
Yeah, because I would rather just take, uh, you know, like I've got uh, 10 years in this place, and I'll be like, yeah, I won't sign it. I'll just uh, take my 10-year severance. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, rather than sign it and lose your job six months later, and now you're only getting a fraction. Absolutely. So once you have that, Eric, give me a call, send it over to me, and let me take a look at it. Okay, thank you. Thank you again so much. Thank you. No problem. Eric, see, that's why you listen week in, week out. You learn stuff. Like Eric. Absolutely. Educated, big time. Got uh, John. Hi, John. Good evening. How are you? Hey, good. How you guys doing? Excellent. What's uh, what's your concern? Uh, I was just wondering what the uh, law is uh, regarding if an employee gets incarcerated and uh, maybe loses his job. So an employee is incarcerated because of an uh, an offense. It's not nothing to do with the workplace, presumably, and then they lose their job because they're they're unavailable to work. Obviously. Okay. So, like, does is that, that what mean, you mean that? Does that mean that? They can uh, come back to that job after their period of incarceration is over? So, so generally speaking, if an employee is going to be incarcerated for, for any, any lengthy period of time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about a few days or a week or two. If an employee is incarcerated for a lengthy period of time, that becomes what we call a frustration of contract. Something's happened that's impossible to continue employing the person, and the employer is allowed to end the relationship and then no severance would be owed to the employee, and they don't have a right to their job back. On the other hand, oh. if they're going to be uh, incarcerated for a few days uh, and their, their employer terminates their employment because of that, that's a wrongful dismissal. The person would be owed compensation and severance. So it's really a question of how long the person is going to be incarcerated for. Oh, okay. Okay, lengthy, lengthy incarceration. You probably can't do anything about losing your job. If it's a brief one, you know, I'm going to say a couple of weeks or less, uh, then absolutely you can do something if you lost your job. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Kathleen, good evening. Good evening. I have a question from Leo. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, years ago, my husband uh, had a drywall company, and at that point he had to be a part of union. And then he changed the job, and for so many years he worked as a consultant, now, again, he wants to open a construction company, this time as a general contractor. I'm wondering if he has to be, again, a part, is that an obligation for him to be a part of a union again, or he can just, you know, open a company without being unionized? So you're, what you're saying is that as an employee years ago, he was part of a union? Uh, at that point, he was the owner of company, and now, again, he wants to open a company under his name. So but so how long was it before, uh, since he was uh, maybe, a unionized employer? Um, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's great. Then, then absolutely he doesn't need to be unionized a, a, at all. What what okay. if if he was if he had one company he closed it and he started another one right away that the union may say that it's really the same company and it carries through but if it was twenty years ago there's no issue there he can start a company and there's no legal obligation that he become unionized uh, there's no automatic uh, union in, in that situation so no he does not have to be a, a unionized employer. Appreciate that, Kathleen. Everyone else, a few minutes. You can give us a call, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. More of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. 754, right till 8 o'clock. The show goes Wednesdays and Monday evenings here on AM 640 and the weekend show as well. Lots of time for you to fill your brain full of employment information. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. Got to Harris. Good evening, Harris. Hey, how you doing, bud? Good. What is happening? 
Uh, well, I was recently terminated by my employer, Air Canada, and uh, part of the problem was I'm suffering from depression and anxiety. And I had an anxiety attack at work, and I, uh, according to them, refused work, and they was supposed to be in subordination. And they fired me, and in the middle of it, because uh, we have uh, like uh, performance and then time and attendance, the performance is in subordination, and then attendance is a separate issue. Now, because I'm unionized, I went through the arbitration process, and I ended up having an arbitrator's ruling go against me. So what I'm trying to find is what my options mm-hmm. are as far as the thing. Like, I mean, uh, I believe I was discriminated against based on a medical condition. And so, Harris, I'm going to stop you there because, unfortunately, I have, I have bad news for you. There really isn't any other recourse. I mean, once you go through the arbitration process, that is the only process that's available to a unionized employee. And once the arbitrator finds against you, that's it. That's really the end of the game. There's really no other recourse, no other options. That's one of the problems, maybe the biggest problem with being unionized. You're tied to that process. So unfortunately, I can't help you. No one can. When you're part of a union, you have to follow the certain procedure with the union, and there's no other options. Got uh, Don on the line. Good evening, Don. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Well, what's your yeah. question for Leo? Um, subcontractor, and uh, you mentioned before, I work for a company. They have employees as well, and uh, we only work for that one company, but we're classified as subcontractor. The question is, do I qualify for 4% holiday pay? So you work only for this company? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of hours do you work? Full-time, part-time? Full-time. Full-time, and how long have you been doing this week. for? 40 hours a week. And how long have you been doing this for? Uh, 20 years. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You are definitely employee. an employee. Not even a question. You, you're as much an employee as anyone ever was. So the, the short answer is yes, you do qualify because as an employee, you qualify for, for, for vacation pay. The problem yeah. is the only way you can get that vacation pay is by filing a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. And, and you're going to be successful but you got to think how that's going to impact your relationship with the company. If you I don't know, have a problem with that's that, that's my question. Yes. My employer is my brother. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Uh, the plot thickens. Go. Nice. The plot thickens. This can make for an interesting TV show. Give a good show, smack. Say, where's my overtime, idea. man? Where's my holiday pay? What's but, wrong with yeah, you? Listen, it's just a general if I'm, if, question because uh, you mentioned before about being an employee. You are 100% an employee. Working for the company, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me if you're owed that, I'm telling you you're 100% owed that. It's a question of whether or not you're willing to pursue it. But are you owed 100%? Uh, not even a question. If you want to, that's the one thing you can go to the Ministry of Labor for to get your vacation pay. So you have that option. You have to decide whether you want to, but you're 100% owed it. Okay. Thanks for your help, then. Thanks, Don. Brother's not getting a Christmas gift this year, I'll tell you that much. 20 years yeah, of vacation pay. What a bit a of a stiff. soap opera thing here. No, no, it's, it's going to be a tough one for him. But he's owed it. Yeah, he's absolutely owed it. And that's why you qualified with all those questions, right? You just you, you just narrowed it down right away that he's not Listen, a contractor. Listen, John, he's been working for 20 years. My God, 20 years, same company, exclusively for them, full-time hours. He is an employee. There's not right. even a debate there. So he's owed everything an employee is owed. It's a question of is he willing to pursue it. We'll uh, take it from there, man. It's been a uh, fruitful evening. Again, more details. You want to get a hold of Lior, it's very simple, a bunch of different ways. And that is the phone number, one 821 5900 You can go to help at employmenthour.com through email. 
And remember, any time when you're in doubt how much severance you're supposed to be owed, there's an easy place to find out. Takes but moments. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Till next time, right here in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.